Welcome, everybody, to another podcast. This is podcast number four that I'm doing, and I've been getting a lot of great feedback from all the podcasts. Thank you for at least listening to the podcasts. I appreciate it. Uh, I hope I don't take up too much of your time. We try to keep it to around 15 minutes or something. Um, But anyways, uh, glad you've been enjoying it. so for the last podcast, I, I read an article from a Norwegian magazine called Mute Magazine that is no more, uh, but I wrote that a few years ago, so I just thought I'd dig into the files for that one. But for this podcast, I'm going to read an article I wrote earlier this year for a Hungarian magazine called Burning Guitars. Up until last year, they were called New Noise, but they changed their name to Burning Guitars. Same staff. And the editor, is his name is actually Danko. So our email correspondence is amusing, amusing to both of us as it's something like, Danko, we'll need the new article on the 21st, please. Thank you very much. Signed, Danko. And my reply to him is, Danko, no problems. We'll have it in. Signed, Danko. And uh, the two of us... Uh, get a little kick out of it, but uh, anyway, <laughs> anyways, I asked him if I could um, read uh, an article from Burning Guitars, and he replied, "Yes!" Exclamation mark because there's a lot of people who read the magazine in Hungary who don't believe it's me writing these columns. They just think that they're taking my name and uh, they don't believe it. So he said, please do it. It will be proof that you actually write for us. So everybody in Hungary out there who reads Burning Guitars, I have been writing for New Noise and Burning Guitars uh, ever since last year. I'm enjoying it very well, very much so. Uh, my editor, who's also named Danko, is a super cool dude. Met him in Vienna. He's an awesome guy. And this is an article. So basically, for a lot of the other magazines, they're, they're rock or metal-based, and I just write my articles accordingly. But for New Noise, it's a little more open in terms of music. So the great thing I, I love about doing this column is Danko will give me a topic to write about, and if it's if it vibes with me, if it's cool with me, then I do it, and I never really turn him down. So he's asked me to write about Lady Gaga, stuff out of my comfort zone, you know, uh, Lady Gaga, um, John Lennon. Uh, I just handed in an article on the Beastie Boys last week, and he also asked me late last year to write an article on American Idol. Uh, so I did. And at the time, as everyone knows by now, Steven Tyler had joined the judges on the show and I wrote an article about it when it was just, the series had just started. They were about three episodes in and I was watching. I, I, uh, quickly stopped watching it. I just, I really, nothing to, no offense with Steve, Steven Tyler. I just, I just, I'm not very interested in those shows. I know Iggy Pop and Sebastian Bach, they've all done the show and, you know, I'm fans of theirs, but but I, I really can't I, I really can't watch the show. If they asked us to play it, I'll play it, man. It's awesome. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so here is the article I wrote about American Idol, more specifically about Steven Tyler. And I called the article Dude, and then in brackets, looks like it's kitschy. And it started with the definition for natural selection as it reads in the New Oxford American Dictionary, and I'll read you the definition. Natural selection, the process whereby organisms better adapted to their environment tend to survive and produce more offspring. First expounded by Charles Darwin, and now believed to be the main process that brings about evolution. Uh, 
And that's how I started the article, and here is the article. Since the late 90s, reality shows have taken over almost all of today's television programming. At the helm of this movement was, and still is, the mammoth singing competition called American Idol. Franchised all over the world, it has made its winners, judges, and even a few losing contestants worldwide stars. The lure of the show is simple and timeless. Watching a frog turn into a prince. Everyone loves a rags-to-riches story. Hell, it's the American dream. Who doesn't want to watch that? Me. That's who. There's something to be said for paying your dues. The only problem is it isn't actually said very often anymore. Even hearing the term roll off my tongue sounds archaic and antiquated. No one uses the term because there aren't any dues to pay. Dues, for anybody interested, came in the form of slugging it out in the nightclubs to little acclaim for virtually pennies on the off chance that something would spark. Kind of like, and I'm going off the article here, kind of like the, um, the movie Quest for Fire where all those cavemen were rubbing together these pieces of wood and waiting for it to spark. That's pretty much the equivalent of being in a band and doing the club circuit hoping to God some A&R shows up. So anyways, back to the article. It was romantic and, dare I say, even noble. Today, what has replaced these dues are endless lineups made up of people waiting for a handout and willing to forgo their dignity for 30 seconds of fame, which consists of being laughed at for attempting to sing. What this new star process yields are anxious, malleable, vacant performers who ape correctly, take instructions obediently, and, outside of pleasing the middle of the road, don't have a shred of genuine character. That's not to say they don't have it within them to maybe one day sprout into a bona fide luminary and surpass their shallow beginnings, but that rarely happens given the accelerated nature of network television. It's this immediacy within the petri dish of the television studio that produces a hobbling gimp of a star who, within a short period of time, will begin to exhibit injurious recessive genes that come with fame when mixed with inherent naivete and newfound ego. Inevitably, their fate will most likely consist of being eaten and spat back out by the general public, much like one does after eating half-cooked meat. What's lost on everybody is that the chase is really better than the catch. It's this gestation period that is fascinating, taking sometimes years to follow through. It just doesn't make for good television. Trying to figure out how to write a proper song took me years. I, I still don't know how, as a large contingent would most likely concur. Trying to learn how to keep my voice intact over a six to seven week tour during the cold months of the year took me eight years. Yes, I am a slow learner, but it's these bitter pills of trial and error in every facet of music that make the journey consistently engaging. There is no rule book, coach, or compassionate audience to lean on on this side of the music biz, and that leaves a lot of people with weaker constitutions out to dry. The true musicians who really persevere after years of slugging it out, beyond an eight-hour wait in a lineup to sing a Diane Warren or a Randy Newman song, eventually gain skills in all fields. I mean business, street smarts, songwriting, performing, playing, public relations, etc., etc. These far outweigh their novice reality show counterparts and correspondingly show on the recorded output. 
Of course, these singing competitions aren't the whole scope of music, mind you, but it's the part that is most celebrated, most lauded over, and most known. The other side, the one I'm familiar with, comes with few perks and relative obscurity. The teeming masses sucking, sucking on the American Idol teat usually have the lowest common denominator taste in pop culture pap, and somehow that doesn't bother me at all. They stay on their side of the fence, and I stay on mine, and never the two shall meet. That is, until just this past week. Steven Tyler is now a judge on American Idol. That's the Steven Tyler who's the lead singer of Aerosmith. Now, I'm more than aware his band has sold 150 million records worldwide, and in doing so, you're kind of more than mainstream already, but Steven's ours, man. Sure, he's saying walk this way and dude looks like a lady, which have been embedded into the psyche of mainstream, mainstream pop culture, but he also sang combination and no surprise and chip away at the stone, and, and that makes him ours. I know I'm claiming ownership, but it makes him ours. I know it sounds retarded, but while watching the first episode of American Idol at home, I couldn't help but feel a pit in my stomach because Steven was actually pulling it off. He was great as a judge. Funny, engaging, insightful, fair, and suitably mean-spirited. In fact, I jumped online and expounded my feelings in a 140-character tweet. Yes, I use Twitter, so I, I guess I'm no better than Steve, but, but it got retweeted. And it got retweeted on Twitter's front page the next morning, proving I wasn't the only one thinking it, and it read as follows. Quote, watching Steven Tyler on American Idol is like, like watching your fave uncle shack up with some bimbo after divorcing your fave aunt. Unquote. I meant every word. It wasn't any disrespect towards Steven, but rather a sad admission that he was theirs now. The charming, the charming Stephen we all knew about and loved beyond singing Dude Looks Like a Lady was now everybody's and it was sad to let him go. But like a true survivor and despite the criticism from the rock community, including members from his own band and even David Letterman, who told Tyler on a recent appearance, quote, I prefer the process that gave us you to this American Idol process, unquote. Stephen Tyler is adapting with the times and once again, no matter the rules of the game, is coming out on top. Being the fittest to survive in the jungle of the music business takes someone made of strong stuff. Being a canker-ridden, bottom-feeding sodomite of a beast, the music business can be as alluring as a tasty guitar riff or as malodorous as a cheesy Celine Dion ballad. It's easy to get sucked in by its charms, but the real comedy begins when all the hoopla is faded and the last studio audience member shuffled out of the building. It is precisely at this moment when the newly crowned reality show prince or princess slowly realizes that natural selection has taken over and their fate still inextricably married to unimportance, only this time accompanied with the stigma of gaudy reality show ambition and sold soul. <laughs>